What's up, everybody? My name is Cabrin. I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Um, my sobriety date is November 24th of 2020. Um, and yeah, man, life is uh, life's beautiful today, dude. I I ain't gonna like sit here and bullshit you, dude. Like I ain't got the world in the palm of my hands, but like I got I got the world in the palm of my hands, you know. Um, so I grew up in this uh, this really big place that I probably a lot of y'all know of. It's called Mountain Home, Arkansas. It's like a very popular area that a lot of people come down here from. You know, uh, I hear it all the time in the meetings. Uh, yeah, man, the way life was for me, uh, it was like uh, y'all ever seen the Ozarks? Like the, the TV show, the Ozarks. Like that's the way I lived. Like that was like literally my backyard. Like not a neighbor in sight. Like. If you, if you didn't come home with the, with a full tank of gas and a gallon of milk, like, you probably ain't going to work tomorrow, you know? It's just, like, our, our nearest neighbor was probably, like, six, seven miles away. Nearest gas station, Walmart, you know, was probably an hour and a half away. So, like, it was, like, a really rural area. Like, there was no street lights. There was, like, no, like, concrete wasn't a thing. It was, like, gravel. You know what I mean? And like maybe some grass that like Papa kind of like drove over a couple times, you know? Um, but like, yeah, man, the way I grew up, it was, it was like the shit that you saw in movies. Like it, it really was. It was, it was fucking weird looking back on it now. Um, compared to like where I'm at nowadays, like, like I always call it like from dirt to turf. Like I'm literally sitting on turf right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, so like, I am an alcoholic, uh, not because of like the substance that I use, but it's because of like the way I think and like the way I act, right? So like, I had a lot of substances that I use, like I work a program of Alcoholics Anonymous, but like I was a big meth head, crack, heroin, you name it, I did it, I loved it, just as long as I didn't have to sit by myself for like more than five minutes, like I would do whatever it took. Um, and like learning like and going through the steps and whatnot like I, I learned these like key things and like the way I thought and like that I behaved like from a very early age that like like wasn't normal right like the shit that me and Rob do when we're together like normal people don't fucking do that shit you know what I'm saying like uh, that's what's like makes us different um, I remember from a very young age like being a, a single kid and my mom and dad told me I was going to be a big brother I automatically resented my little sister before she was even born. The day that she told me I was gonna be a big brother. Why is that? Because now I'm not the center of the world, now I'm not the center of the fucking universe and the world just, it's not all about me no more, right? Um, attention was gonna be brought away from me and focus was gonna be brought onto my little sister and my little brother and like that, that was just the way it was. Um, so that was kind of like going through the steps, like noticing like my earliest like thought of like, hey man, like normal people would be like happy about being a big brother or something like that. Not me, like I was really pissed off. Um, so like, like growing up, I, I you know, uh, being in that kind of like area, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, you know, I would go to school and then like when I got home, like you, you would help Papa with like the, the horses and like till the fields kind of shit, you know what I mean? And like, like I didn't go to fucking basketball practice, you know what I mean? Like that just wasn't my life. It was just, that was just the way we grew up, you know? It, it got to the point where 
back in the 90s, you know, it was like money was scarce type of thing. Like if the roadkill was fresh enough, like that was what we ate. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, not your normal like New Yorker, I'm from the fucking Bronx or Philly or whatever. Like that's not how I grew up. Um, so yeah, like I, I didn't have much of like uh, friends or anything like that. Like everybody was kin to me kind of thing, you know, that was my friends. Um, and like I just thought that's just the way life was, you know what I mean? Like I just thought that's the way it was supposed to be. Um, where I'm from, like being an alcoholic is kind of like a, a badge. Like you, you, like you, it's like a reward, like congratulations, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a problem, it was just a way of life in the South. Um, so like I remember going to like family reunions and whatnot and being like a, a little bit younger and I was like, man, I can't wait till I'm like Uncle Junior, you know what I mean? Slamming a 30 pack back, you know what I mean? Part of the family, that was just, that was normal to me. Um, so, uh, you know, years go by, a lot of unimportant shit happens and like I end up moving to like the big city of Arkansas, which is a Cabot, Little Rock area which is uh, kind of crazy that I'm here tonight. Like I consider it a God moment because like my man over here is like, he's from Cabot, Arkansas. Like you don't see a lot of us around here. You know what I mean? Like we just don't get out. Um, so like that's something that's like kind of really cool to me uh, that like another, like one of my, one of my, like I consider like my people has, has like made it out, you know? Uh, it's very hard to make it out to where, where we're from. Um, so like I moved to this town called Cabot, it was like a cultural shock, they had like, like two lanes on the highway, you know what I mean, like there was like a slow lane and a fast lane, like I didn't know what the fuck to do, like it was crazy, um, and like I, I went to high school and like nothing was like really a problem, you know what I mean, like I grew up Catholic, um, I say this now, um, because like at this point in my life, like like it, like church was introduced to me real big and whatnot and like you know drugs were a no-no like god, god doesn't want me to drink it's like unpure kind of thing right um but like all i was told my whole life when in, in like the catholic churches is what god was that's the key word what god was like today i can sit here and tell you guys that like i know who god is you know what I mean? And that's like one of the biggest pivotal moments is like in, in my recovery nowadays is like all those old ideals that I was taught as a kid, like I had to unlearn them. You know what I mean? Um, it was very difficult and like it took me a while, but like I did, right? So it's like I always knew what God was, but today I know who God is, right? So like building that personal relationship that they always talk about, right? Because growing up, it was always your God is my God, my God is your God, and that's just the way God is, right? But like today, like, my God's not gonna work for you, bro. You know what I mean? And like, ma'am over there, like your God's just not gonna work for me. I'm sorry, I hate to tell you it, but like that's just my experience, right? Me and, me and Rob don't have the same sort of gods. Why? Because it's personalized, right? This it's is my God. Um, and that's what AA kind of taught me nowadays. Um, is like I get that opportunity of like having my own conception of a higher power, as you would say it, or, or anything greater than yourself. Um, I do choose the title God though. Um, so like growing up in the Bible Belt era, like I was saying, like um, <clears throat> drinking and drugging, like it really wasn't a thing, right? 
um, until like I was like a late bloomer. Um, a lot of people in our area really weren't. They were like shooting heroin at like four years, 14 years old. I was like, that's stupid. Like I couldn't comprehend that. Um, but like high school happened and like I finally got like some friends and whatnot. Like I was constantly moving and moving and moving schools. Um, so like I never had like really one set group of friends. Like I was always the guy that was like friends with like every group of like the group of friends, right? Um, until like I got invited to a party, um, kind of I'm sure a lot of body can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Like that first party you went to and whatnot, like we all had that fucking red solo cup in our hands. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know Rob's name and Rob didn't know mine, but damn it, we were fucking friends. You know why? Cause we had that fucking red solo cup in our hand. You know what I mean? That's all we had to do is throw that little fucking beer pong ball. We looked each other in the eyes and we were like, fuck yeah, dude, you know? Um, that's just the way it was, man. It was an acceptance thing for me, right? Um, I didn't have to like tell people the truth. They didn't have to like get to know me. I didn't have to get to know them. All we had to know is like we had a beer in our hands. We're friends now. You know what I mean? And that's like where, where like, because the big book talks about like I love the effects produced by alcohol. Uh, for me, it was never like a physical effect. Like, yeah, of course, I like a little buzz every now and then, like smoke a little doinker or whatever you call it, you know? Um, I like that feeling. But like the feeling of pr produced by alcohol, when it talks to me personally, is saying that like I'm accepted now. Like that thing that I was looking for my whole life is to be a part of. All I have to have is this cup and I'm in. You know what I'm saying? So like that was like a powerful like like aha moment for me and like my my addiction you know what i'm saying and like i took that idea and i fucking ran with it bro right so like i'm talking about like i was working at fucking zaxby's in cabin you know what i'm saying like right when it first opened dude and like like i'm talking about to the point of the moment i got paid cash my check all 700 dollars that i made the whole two weeks would go straight to marijuana and alcohol and like that's how i was like like I would call people up be like yo dude I got a bag like let's be friends again like you know what I mean like but that's just the way it worked for me you know what I mean I thought that was like my ticket to like acceptance um so I definitely took it and ran with it man um you know that that road kind of led me down well that lifestyle kind of led me down like a little dark path there for a second and uh I, was, I started hanging out with the wrong crew. Everybody started graduating, like moving on to college and whatnot. And I was stuck in this little small town. Um, so like I found a new group of friends, right? Like I was never solid with the one group. So like I would always go out and find that other group, right? Uh, that acceptance that I was talking about. And uh, it just happened to be the wrong group of friends. Um, they were very good criminals. Um, and uh, I became a good criminal too. Um, the second day after I turned 18, I ended up catching 12 felonies. Um, so that sort of mindset for me, being a kid who's like, Papa was like a big army guy and whatnot, and like I wanted to follow in his footsteps, uh, that was just like shot down immediately. Um, my self-worth went down. Uh, I had this new mindset of like, why even try? Like my life's over already. So like that kind of was just like gasoline on the fire. You know what I mean? It was just like, what the fuck's the point? You know what I mean? Like, I'm 18 years old. I have 12 felonies. Like, why even try? Um, and I used that as, like, I, I used that for as long as I could. Um, 
so like uh, my addiction progressed marijuana and alcohol didn't do it anymore uh, the Roxy phase came in I'm sure everybody snorted one of those pretty little things um, those were always fun until they weren't fun um, and it, it, it got to the point where like I was physically dependent on it um, you know I was snorting like 18 19 of them a day so like I decided in order to keep my habit up, I had to rob somebody and I ended up robbing the wrong person for like $20,000 worth of product. And uh, they showed up to my mom and dad's house, uh, put my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister on their hands and knees and pointed shotguns at their faces. And they said, uh, you got two options. You can either give us $20,000 or you can give, a, give us your son. Um, I'm still here today. So like that kind of like answers that question on like what they did. Um, Yeah, so like that, once I finally came home, um, <clears throat> once I finally came home, uh, my stuff was already packed as it should have been. Um, and my family gave me an ultimatum. They said, uh, you got two options. You can either go down to South Florida or you can be homeless. I was like, well, that's not really an option. So like I'm going down to South Florida. Uh, came down here for South Florida. Um, went to a beautiful place called Palm Partners in Delray Beach. Um, for the first time in my life, like when I walked into a place like this, without a red Solo cup, without a joint or a blunt rolled, without a, a Roxy in my hand, without, you know, a glass rose with some meth in it, I walked into a place with that, like this without any of those substances, and like I immediately felt at home. Like I felt like I wasn't being judged, I felt like I was accepted and I felt like we could all relate on a level that like uh, I didn't have to do that stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Like to today, like I can look a grown man in his eyes and say like, I feel you and like really mean it. You know what I mean? Like you don't even have to tell me what it is that you're going through. Like if you identify the way I identify as an alcoholic or an addict, like I promise you there's a point in your life where I felt the feelings that you felt. That's what makes us separated from normies, right? Is that like normies, like going to Publix, I dare you, going to Publix and say, hey man, I'm really having a bad day, dude, and like I just wanna fuck a stripper and like do some math. They'd be like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? But like coming to a place like this and say that, and they're like, fuck yeah, dude, me too, bro. Like, what's your name? Where are you from? You know what I mean? Like that's just how we all like relate to each other, right? Um, so like, I thought that was cool, man. You know what I mean? Like for once I didn't have to like go out of my way to like, to like have friends, to like be accepted, right? And then like I walked into the rooms of AA and like I immediately felt the same thing. You know, it, I just felt at home. I felt like I belonged. Um, they didn't have to know my name. They didn't have to know my story. All they had to hear come out of my mouth was, hey, I'm Cabron and I'm an alcoholic. And they're like, welcome. Like we are too, you know what I mean? Um, and that was like a beautiful feeling, man. That, that really was. Uh, for like 26 years, like I searched for that like my whole life and like I finally found it, you know. Um, so like I was down here at this beautiful place that like I met, hell, I met Patrick there, man. Like I met Rob here, you know, um, at this place called uh, A New Start, man. Um, and at this point, you know, I was like a couple treatment facilities deep, you know what I mean? Like didn't know what the hell I was doing, like didn't know what fucking taxes were, like I didn't know a whole lot about life. 
the only thing that I needed to focus on was like, don't use for like 24 hours. Like you can do that. Um, and those 24 hours started building up and building up to like multiple 24 hours. Um, you know, and people like Rob and Patrick like told me, you know, right when I first got there, like, hey man, like you see these people around here who's like smiling and laughing and like having a good time. Like you should probably like listen to what they say, right? Like, and they, they, they used to tell me like, you should probably get a sponsor, like come to a meeting with us, right? Um, and I started doing that and like sobriety became like the cool thing to do Like if you weren't in sobriety, like we didn't want fucking anything to do with you Like it was just like that's just that was like the cool thing to do man, you know um, And man, it, it was it was beautiful because like I built a life During that era of my life that like I built such a life and I'm not talking financially or like materialistically like I built such a life when it comes to like the relationships that I have um, with like other grown men um, that like I know I could call at any moment and they could call for me and like I could be a friend and like I have true friends, right? I built such a life, man, that it just, it wasn't worth it. You know, it, it just wasn't worth going back to that old lifestyle. Um, so I had like, what, probably going up on two years of, yeah, I had like two years of sobriety at that point. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm gonna like get into like a couple full circles of like how God's worked in my life um, from that point on um, by like continuing to do the right thing and listen to other people. So like just keep in mind like a new start, right? Like that was the first halfway chain that I went to. Um, when I was down there, like I did my steps, life was beautiful, like I was like halfway sane, you know what I mean? Like everything was, it was awesome. Uh, my bail bondsman called me like a couple days after I had like two years sober. And he was like, hey man, there's no statutes of limitations on the crimes that you pulled. Uh, you have like six days to get back to Arkansas and turn yourself in or uh, I'm gonna go arrest your dad. Um, and he was like the co-signer on my bond. Uh, my dad's a double below knee amputee, so like I wasn't just like gonna let him go through that, right? Like because like there comes a point in life and in sobriety where like you have to be accountable for your actions, right? Like yes, I did that. Did I want to have to go back and face the judge? No, I did not. Um, when I was down here, I was working for this wedding tent company, um, just to kind of shorten it up. The owner of the company, uh, his wife ended up going to the University of Arkansas for law. And uh, once I walked into the courtroom, um, I was facing 17 years. Um, and uh, his wife, who went to the University of Arkansas for law, was actually roommates with my prosecuting attorney uh, when I walked into the courtroom. So uh, he looked me in the face uh, after like four years and he was like, hey man, so like you really know some people. I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I don't know nobody. I ain't gonna incriminate myself, no sir says I. Um, but no, he was like, no, you've been really like doing the right thing. Um, and like, that's good. So like he ended up reducing my sentence. Um, wish I didn't have to go to prison, but like, unfortunately I did. Uh, but I was looking at 17 years and they knocked it down to three for me. Um, so I ended up doing two years in Arkansas State Penitentiary, sober. Um, when I was in there, my uncle was uh, very affiliated um, before me and went to the same unit that I went to. 
So automatically when they saw my last name and I walked in, they automatically assumed that I was going to get out. Um, I wasn't with all that and uh, they didn't like all that either. So like they, they beat me half to fucking death for probably like two months straight. Uh, once they finally figured out that I wasn't going to snitch or like I wasn't going to bail out, they kindly finally said like, all right, you're good, bro. Um, so like after that kind of mess happened, um, I was like carrying the message of AA in prison. Um, I had a couple free world homeboys in there that I used to run the streets with that I took through the steps who are now still sober today. Um, and then I remember like a year and a half into my bid, I was telling my story, the same one I'm telling now. Um, and this guy walks up to me, one of the Aryans that used to beat the shit out of me. Uh, he walks up to me and he goes, hey man, uh, I hear you talk about this, this place called West Palm Beach a lot, right? And I was like, yeah man, like that's where I came from, like, you know, sobriety and whatnot, like that was a big part of my story. I really held it really close to my heart. Um, and he asked me if I knew a guy named Corey. And uh, Corey was the housing director at the time. And he was like, uh, I went there like six years ago and Corey was my sponsor. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I was like, I'd be damned, you know? Um, so that was just like another moment in my life in like a really dark place where God kind of like winked at me and was like, hey, like, you're all right, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still here. I got you. You know what I mean? Uh, unfortunately, when I, when I got out of prison, like, I left everything at the door. Um, there's not, I'll tell you right now, if you do decide to stay down here or if you're considering it, I would highly suggest it uh, because when I got out of prison, this was not a thing. This right here, what everybody has here in South Florida, this recovery thing down here, it is not as easily accessible all around. Um, the fellowship down here is something that like you can't even explain until you experience it. Um, so like I was really missing that uh, back home and of course led to my own devices, especially in Arkansas when like the nearest AA meeting was like an hour away, I picked up again. I, I started using again. Um, <clears throat> And uh, I really took off running hard. Uh, somehow I made it off parole. Um, and I knew the only time, ever since I left here the first time and had to go back to turn myself in, like I knew in the front of my mind that like my life was in jeopardy and that like I need to make it back down to South Florida as quick as possible. Um, <clears throat> me as a meth head from Arkansas, I think my quickest way back down to South Florida is get a big old bag of meth. <laughs> Let's drive down here. Let's turn these fucking 16 hour drive into like a 13 hour drive. Um, that was like my idea, right? Because it's like the drugs and the issue isn't the problem. It's like the way I fucking think that makes me insane, right? Like what normal human being, what normal human being says, what's the quickest way down to South Florida? Get a big bag of meth and drive. Normal people don't think like that. Only I do, right? Um, and if you identify the way I do, then like you might, you know, let's, let's start there with step one, right? <laughs> um, so like that was my grand plan, you know, that was like my big idea. So I ended up getting my substance. Um, <clears throat> I had a, a big jacked up GMC Sierra at the time. Um, and like I just packed up my whole life, dude. I'm talking about shit I didn't fucking need. I was, I was going to Ambrosia up in Port St. Lucie. Bro, I brought my fucking bed. I brought some bows, a couple arrows, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I brought my dog's bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck my dog. He don't need to sleep. I ain't sleeping. So he's coming with, like, I need his bed because he's going to come down whenever I get out. Just stupid shit, right? Like, literally bought, like, brought, like, four pairs of clothes. Like, shit that I actually need. Uh, but, like, everything else, like, you know, I had fucking fishing rods. Like, stupid stuff, right? I was tweaked out. I was tweaked out hard, dude. I was so tweaking. Uh, I was up for probably like nine days straight at this point before I decided to make this drive. Um, and so uh, <clears throat> I started making the drive, man. And uh, like, you know, the song like Jesus Take the Wheel, like I always thought that was like bullshit. But like, no, like there was several moments. Remind you, it was a 16 hour drive. It took me fucking four days to get here. <laughs> four days. All right. Banyan called me the first day. He's like, where you at? I'm like, oh, I'm in Georgia. I don't know. I see a bunch of bulldogs. I think I'm in Georgia. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, well, call us tomorrow. You get here. I was like, all right. They call me again tomorrow. The next day, they ask me where I'm at. I'm like, oh, I'm in Alabama. They're like, so you're going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'll be down there tomorrow, all right? And, <laughs> dude, I mean, I, so many times I was waking up in the middle, like, driving, waking up to like truckers honking at me like like did not know i do not recollect the whole state of florida that's a big ass state i think it's the biggest one you know i think uh maybe texas maybe texas gotta be but it's pretty damn long it's like eight fucking hours dude all i remember is seeing welcome to florida and then i remember seeing like I was there, like my truck ran out of gas and I woke up and uh, yeah, that was that man. Uh, Banyan came and picked me up. Uh, I had like fucking eight blunts left, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, I'm going out with a bang, right? Like Banyan's pulling up. I have all my shit open in the fucking parking lot. Like everything's out of my truck now, you know what I'm saying? Like bows, like fucking tarps, like all kinds of shit. She pulls up, she was like, what are you doing? packing a bag for detox you know what I mean like that's just <laughs> finally made it to Banyan four days later um, and uh, I didn't stay there too long to be honest um, I stayed there I sobered up and like but I was really eager to like get back out to the rooms of like AA because like I was telling you the first time that I came down here like I didn't need that substance anymore and like I felt at home Right, like I, I had, I had like a family, like people like Patrick and people like Rob that like my first and second day out of prison and I called you and like you answered the phone and you were like, when are you coming back? You know what I mean? Like those are moments that like I, I'll never forget. You know what I mean? Like true friendships that you build down here is like, it's not worth it. You know, it, it's not worth going back to that way of life. Um, I don't think if you, if you didn't answer the phone, I would be back down here again, man. You know, you and a couple other people, you know. Um, so, yeah, I get out of treatment, man. Um, and uh, I, I get into this halfway house. And uh, that was another God moment, Bill's house. You know, that's my sponsor's sponsor, you know, which my sponsor now was like the tech at the treatment facility, the ANS facility that I went to like two years before that, who's like now my sponsor. You know what I mean, like another full circle type of thing. 
Um, and like I dove right into the steps, man. You know, like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like I was perfect at it. Like, did I slack on my four step? Like, yeah, I did. Like, who doesn't? You know, but, but like I, it says rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And like that's the key word that I missed is like thoroughly, right? Um, and so like my sponsor laid out directions for me, right? And he's like, these are suggestions that like you should take. And I was like, oh, okay, it's just a suggestion, like, cool. No, he was like, no, like, I also suggest that, like, when you jump out of a helicopter, like, you put on a fucking parachute. He was like, you don't have to, but, like, I highly suggest it, like, if you want to save your life, you know? And, like, that's when it kind of, like, really hit hard for me. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, these aren't suggestions. Like, these are, like, things that, like, proved over and over and over again. Like, like scumbags like Rob, Pat and me who are like sitting here sober today. You know what I mean? Like those are the suggestions that like we took and are like, life's pretty damn good now, dude. You know what I mean? Um, and like now I, w I work at a, a, a treatment facility, man. I'm the director of operations over there um, for the two business owners who uh, shut down ANS and opened up their other uh, facility. So like that's another like full circle God moment, right? Um, the case manager is like now my boss and like the CEO. You know what I mean? Like my case manager from five years ago, like one of my best friends is like now my boss and like the CEO. You know what I mean? Like this is shit that like I just can't like make up, you know? Uh, that like God is just like kind of throwing like little pellets at me the whole time to kind of like keep me awake and like knock me on the head a little bit to like show me that like you're going in the right path. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I highly suggest, you know, people like Patrick, people like Rob, like the techs that work here who are like in sobriety, like, like they tell you these things like over and over and it sounds repetitive and it's like, because it fucking works. Like it, there's like no other option. Like it, it works, you know? Um, that's the only thing that like we know works for us. And I don't know about y'all, but like I tried damn near everything. I don't know how many shots y'all got left, but like, I don't have another one in me, you know? Um, and I promise you, like, I'm not sitting here telling you like it, it was like the first six months was like all fucking puppies and rainbows. Like it really wasn't, like it sucked. Like I'm a grown ass man. I got to deal with my emotions. Like, oh, boo hoo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but like, welcome to life, dude. You know what I mean? Like that's what happens when you suppress your emotions for fucking 28 years with alcohol, heroin, meth, and drugs. Like, they all come back as a fucking train wreck. So, like, deal with them, right? But, like, the cool thing is nowadays, like, I don't have to deal with them alone, right? If I'm going through something, I can call Rob. You know what I mean? I can go up to an AA meeting and, like, raise my hand and say, like, hey, man, I'm really struggling. And I guarantee you there's probably somebody in there that's went through the same thing that you're struggling with. Um... The fellowship is a beautiful thing, man. That's that's something that's really like kept me going, um, even when like I didn't want to do this thing anymore. Um, the people around me is like what kept me going, man. Um, but like, give your give yourself a shot. You know what I'm saying? Like for once in your life, like give yourself a shot. You know what I mean? Like all these excuses that you tell in your fucking head, all these like, oh, it's too hard. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Like, it's difficult, but, like, I promise you, if you look back in your life, like, you've probably been through a lot more difficult shit than just, like, trying to get sober, you know? 
and I promise you like the outcome um, uh, of what you do put into this like it's tenfold it's tenfold literally after this meeting go back write down on a piece of paper like 10 things you want out of sobriety and I promise you if you make it a year and you look back on that list you're gonna sell yourself short because today like a life beyond my wildest dreams like like that doesn't even like that's an understatement dude you know what I mean like I, I don't have a house on fucking Palm Beach Island you know what I mean like like I got a little Chrysler 200 out here you know what I'm saying like it drives dude it's a beautiful car like I paid for it myself like that's crazy I fucking went to a dealership and had like semi okay fucking credit and like had to put a fucking down payment on. you know what I mean like normal human being shit like that was kind of cool you know um fucking uncle sam still got to deal with him but you know like life's pretty cool man like I, I like i go to the beach with my friends you know like i play golf with my friends like i'm from arkansas like i don't belong on a golf course but like it's kind of cool now like the shit that i'm able to do through sobriety it's it's amazing and like it really is but like i gave myself a shot and like i actually put in the work my sponsor told me to do something and I sat down in my halfway house bed and I was like, I really don't want to fucking do this. But guess what? I did it anyways and it worked out, you know? Um, so yeah, I appreciate y'all letting me speak for, I spoke for a long time, didn't I? Yeah? Okay. Well, yeah, thank you guys for letting me come out, man. Like, this is like a beautiful thing to like be able to like like go through like the trenches, right? Like, or like being drugged through the dirt. And then like, like having your past be able to like be a tool for like somebody else to use as like hope, right? Because like somebody did that for me and that's why like I come into places like this when Rob or anybody asked me like, hey man, will you come speak? Because like I remember sitting in y'all's chairs and being like, dude, it's fucking Wednesday night at fucking eight o'clock. Like, what is this kid doing here? You know what I mean? Like, like what is he doing? Doesn't he have work in the morning? Like, but yeah, like I also remember sitting there two years ago and like somebody did that for me. And then like finally I heard something. And I was like, oh shit. Like I might have a chance, you know? Um, but like life is truly beautiful, man. It really is. Like it, I, I never would have thought that my life would come to this. Um, and I'm like forever grateful for like the people that I have around me that kind of like guided the way and like showed me how to do it because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know? Um, but like, give yourselves a chance, man. Really, please, honest to God, give yourself a chance. Um, and if you don't like it, you know what's out there waiting for you, you know? Like this, you can, you're, you're, you're capable of going back to that old lifestyle. But like, I don't think you guys came here to like leave and like go back to that old lifestyle, you know? Um, I think you guys have a little bit of hope and a little bit of faith that like it's possible or I don't think you would be sitting in these chairs tonight, you know, so like really like hold on to that. Find you somebody that like you can trust and call a friend and like really stick close to them and like do it together. You know what I mean? You can't do this alone. I couldn't. Um, but thanks for letting me share, guys. It was, thank you. Thank you.